Welcome to the sanctuary. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and dcradio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. You're listening to DC Radio 96.3 HD4 and DCRadio.gov, where we inspire, educate, and empower women of color to unapologetically transform into their most authentic and healthy selves by tapping into the goddess within. I'm Wendy Cherry, your host, and the spotlight is, has been on sexual abuse against children and women for the last few uh, weeks because of a well-known documentary that has been out. And um, what we wanted to focus on here is about one of the best kept secrets over the decades, and that is the sexual violence against boys and men. So I have two great guests with me today. The first one is Manifest Ra, and he is the visionary and founder of The Sage Men, a sacred manhood community providing personal development, rights programs, and healing retreats to help men embrace their divine masculinity and live from their highest purpose. So that sounds awesome. Welcome, Manifest. And then I have uh, my brother, Cole Parker, who, as an older sibling in his single-parent household, took on the responsibility of being the protector of the house, which is what many people do. At a very young age, he witnessed firsthand his inability to protect a loved one while realizing that she couldn't even protect herself. So we went to college together. Shout out to Cole. Hey, Cole, come on in and say hey to the people. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. How's everybody doing? Thank you for having me, Wendy. Yes, thank you for coming. So um, Cole is one of my uh, Omega brothers that call me love in the house and I saw a post about him um, on his Divas in Defense page. So he owns along, he's a co-founder, along with his brother, um, Divas in Defense. So, uh, So, um, yeah, I think you have to turn down. He has to turn down his mic. He has to turn down the the Facebook. So... (laughs) Um, we are going to be talking about sexual violence against men. So what is happening is I was just strolling on uh, Facebook the other day and I saw Cole post about a situation that happened to him from his babysitter when he was a child. And I know that all these conversations are happening around um, sexual violence and abuse against maybe the spotlight has been on women more, but in my experience in um, relationships, I have not really um, had a relationship with one male who has not been violated from a woman. They were able to share that with me, whether it was the babysitter, whether it was the cousin, whether it was the neighbor, it's something that seems to be very prevalent. And so when um, when I saw Cole type that, Along with, I think, um, somebody from power, I think, is also, and other people, people are starting to come out, males are starting to come out and say, um, you know, like, we have the Me Too movement, it's now He Too. Men are starting to say that it has happened to them, so it's interesting, Manifest and I were just having a conversation about this at the end of last week, and so he was already coming, so we said, what a good way to keep the spotlight on this and really keep the conversation going about the healing for women, of course, but also the healing for men, which is sometimes lost in the sauce Um, because men, for whatever reason, are less, um, maybe not less willing. I don't know what it is. So Manifest can talk about that. But I wanted to talk to Cole first. And Cole, let's just talk about your experience because what I was doing when I was doing some research um, this, there's an, um, a website called oneinsix.org, 
And one of their facts that's at the front of the page says at least one in six men have been sexually abused or assaulted. That's one in six. So that is probably your brother, your husband, your cousin, your uncle, your granddaddy, somebody in the family this terrible act has happened to. But of course, because they are they are supposed to be strong and all these things that they probably won't, won't talk about it. And I usually talk about women's issues here in the sanctuary, but I just thought that this was important because what's the good of the sisters being healed and working on themselves and getting awakened and everything if our brothers and the people that we love and our husbands and you know, people in our family aren't doing the same thing. The goal is to heal the community. So I thought that this was a good time to have this conversation. And I usually do focus on health too. Um, and so I did some research on that. So males who were sexually abused have the, a higher rate of prostate cancer and heart disease as they go older. So even though somebody might say, I, I like blocked it out and I don't it doesn't really bother me. We know that heart disease is the leading cause of death for men in the U.S. So sometimes these things get into our DNA and into our cells, these traumas, and then they present themselves in other ways. So, Cole, let's just talk about your experience, one, and what made you go ahead and just come out on Facebook like that? Okay, well, thank you once again, uh, Wendy, for having me. Hey, Manifest, how you doing, brother? Hey, peace, um, <laughs> In short, um, I was actually at a cigar bar uh, talking to a group of gentlemen. And it, just in one of my, I would say, comedic uh, deliveries, we kind of got on the topic of babysitters. And not to take away from the uh, importance and the abuse, even I myself, myself as a I looked at myself as a early starter. So uh and this is forty six years I've been you know I was lovely oh definitely near forty years, okay. Um and once the gentleman was there, but really out of four dudes, three were like, Yeah, that's me, that's me, that's me. The one guy was like, and I was four years old for that. My babysitter played a uh can you hear me? No, not really. You're kind of breaking up. Okay, I'm sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Okay, let me fix that really quick. Okay, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay. So, um, when when I was talking to, I was at a cigar bar talking about uh, four different guys, and out of four, three were saying that they were. Um, and one of them, you know, one of them was like, it happened to me when I was four years old. And my babysitter played a game that pretty much had me give her oral sex, nice. like a hide-and-seek game. So I was like, what the heck? And then that's when I said, well, maybe this whole time I have been abused as well. So uh, that's where the, the, the movement came from to really tell my story. And since I have told my story, it's been a lot. Okay. What does a lot mean? What has happened? Well, a lot of what's happening is like people that, and I hate to say, but I am being DM'd like, hey man, look, this happened to me. Thank you for having the courage to tell the story. Hey man, look, I was three, I was seven, I was nine, I was 11, I was 10. It was my babysitter, it was my neighbor, it was a lady at church, it was mm. my mother's friend, and just so much more. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this has been two or three days for me really right. posting it and to share my story. So, you know, when I say a lot, I mean, I did, I did not realize how many. Man, like this one in six number, this might be people who finally came to say, it happened to me. But in my media circle, it's more like three out of five. Yeah. Well, I did want to say that. I, I meant to say that the number is under-representing really what it is because also, usually when I see studies happening, they ain't looking at people that look like me. So I think also they're not including, and I'm not sure, but I would think that maybe we are not um, in that number. So I'm pretty sure it's a higher number. So to your point. Right. You know, and um, and it's just so much. Like, I, I, I'm learning as we're even talking, you know, when you and I first engaged, I've done a little bit of research and, and found out a few things, and the numbers are just staggering, you mm-hmm. know. I, I, I live a business where I look for the protection of women all the time, that as a father of three sons, Hey, I'm forgetting about my own sons, you know. 
so busy concentrating on my daughter. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a really, really uh, damaging effects that's happened long-term. A lot of men like myself, you know, we, we've discussed the insatiable appetite for sex, yeah. you know, and so much more. So, you know, those are the things that are really high concerns. And I can't wait for Manifest to tell his side so that way we can know what's going on. Yeah, you know, I, um, sex is a, is a spiritual connection a lot of times. And so when you are just having those experiences and you're not prepared for them, you're not ready for them, um, I'm sure it has a, a detrimental effect. And I know Manifest can probably talk about that part of it too, the spiritual part of it and the connection part. So, um, you know... I'm glad that you came out to to share your story. So we we appreciate that. And um, there was something that you said when we were doing pre-production and you were talking about, you know, you you said it, but you necessarily didn't feel like it affected you that much. So let's talk about that and why you think that. Well, well, to be honest with you. Um, it, it's actually a little bit extended from that because when we had the discussion, you know, I had just dealt with the emotion, and the emotion was someone said, "Hey, Cole, man, are you joking? I know you joke a lot. Is this something that really happened?" Oh. I'm like, "Yeah, this really happened to me." You know what I mean? They said, "Well, I've heard you tell the story before, but you've told it differently." Right. I said, um, uh, and, "And sorry, people on Facebook saying they can't hear me. I don't know if that's the issue, but anyway." Um, it's it, it become a point where it's like even I myself felt like um, I don't I I don't feel like a victim. I like I told you I just felt like an early bloomer. I didn't really feel like a victim. And and in hearing the story of my friend, you know, I was like, well, I I don't have the same effects that he quote unquote has. So I wasn't looking at myself almost like a fraud, but I was definitely looking at myself like, well, maybe because you don't have the same feelings, you're not entitled to tell your side of the story and have right. the same level of compassion at 46. Right. But since you and I had that discussion just yesterday, uh, we're really, I think the day before yesterday, I've come to a, to a point where my story needs to be, be told. Why? Because I'm giving other people the courage to tell it. Right. Well, you know, we appreciate that. And, you know, when I read your blog, you kind of had a few little zinger jokes in there, but I also yeah. understand that you want to inspire people without frightening them and enlighten them without frightening them. And sometimes if you just give them the, the straight up, straight up, then they don't connect. And then they're afraid to maybe even participate in the conversation. So I understand having to do that. I do that here um, on the show. So what, what has been the most surprising besides you be getting bombarded with um, DMS and people that, you know, talking about it, what has been maybe, um, the most one surprising thing that you have learned, and then two, um, the the best thing that has come out of it just in the last three days for yourself okay. or maybe for your family. Gotcha. So I would say the most surprising thing is how many of us men do not feel victimized who are in my position. Mm. Okay. Um, uh, that is like even with them telling me their story and, and reading mine and, and they're still like uh, I don't feel like a victim you know that still surprises me yeah because in some cases like myself we were raped right you know we were raped as kids you know it, it took me dismissing it even recently like just yesterday I was like yeah I was molested as a child it was like somebody's like no you were raped and yeah. I'm like that's such a hard term. Right. But in reality, that's exactly what happened. You know, um, I would say what it has done as far as my, me personally and my family is that when it comes to my sons, I'm able to engage that conversation. And, and because I do deal with women who, who share stories of rape and abuse and, and other malicious things, you know, that may have been even another reason why I dismissed mine. Right. You know, I wasn't stabbed 47 times by my husband and left for dead. I wasn't uh, brutally raped by a group of guys in an alley. I wasn't beaten, left for dead. You know, so so it almost becomes a thing where as um, a, a victim slash survivor, you end up comparing your pain to others. But there is no comparison because that pain is individualized for yourself. That's true. And, you know, one of the things is that the mind and the heart can forgive, but the body doesn't forgive. The body always uh, 
presents the invoice at some part at some point in life to kind of like atone for the things that have done that we know about and that we also don't know about. So one, I just wanted to say to you, even though you're saying that, you know, you may not have felt affected, probably if you were to poll people who were in relationship with you um, over the years, they might not agree. Um, right. And, you know, <laughs> it probably has shown up in so many ways that all of you gentlemen don't know. And for for women who are dealing with men who are who have had that trauma, you know, I think sometimes you all present yourselves in a certain way and we just don't even know what's what's happening. And then a lot of times as nurturers, we're thinking that we can make it all better by doing whatever. And so also if there is a um, a peaked interest for sex then trying to satisfy the appetite of that person it gets you get worn out you know and so right. that doesn't help it doesn't it doesn't ever satiate because the work has to be done with like you're saying identifying and getting it up and out identifying it happened knowing that it's not okay and then talking about it so that it frees you and it frees your body so i think that those Absolutely. there's like some steps that go along with this kind of um, traumatic uh, experience to heal. And that's where we can bring manifest in on is because that's kind of like what he does. So can you reintroduce yourself and tell us about your, um, the sage men and how you are bringing the brothers and have been for decades, bringing the brothers into the conversation of healing Absolutely. Again, my name is Manifest Rock. Uh, welcome, um, uh, Cole. And it's a pleasure to be on the uh, podcast with Wendy as well. Uh, my name is Manifest Rock, founder and visionary of the Sage Men, uh, which is a sacred community uh, where men are cultivating their divine masculinity. They are healing. They're doing the inner work necessary to transform themselves. And so we have seven archetypes of, of sacred manhood. The visionary, the warrior, the enterpriser, the healer, the tantric, the pillar, and the mystic. And so we're talking about a comprehensive approach to manhood. And so one that I just spoke of is the healer. And so too often men want to stay within the warrior, you know, beat our chest, you know, and, and just, you know, um, always be the tough guy mm -hmm. uh, without understanding that part of the warrior is also being the healer. Mm. Being able to be vulnerable, being able to come forward with uh, information about scenarios that are not comfortable. Uh, that's more the warrior than someone who just wants to stay within, quote unquote, the technical side of the warrior. Okay. And so um, uh, I encourage men uh, through the platform of the Sage Men to uh, uh, come forward uh, and share about their painful experiences, their dramas, their traumas. Uh, we have men's healing circles. We do retreats. Uh, we even have a, a, a developing uh, rites of passage program for men uh, to go deeper. And one of the things that I've found, Wendy, is that uh, oftentimes we go through these men's healing circles that it takes a couple of rounds for the men to even begin to open up. Mm -hmm. You know, they want to talk about, you know, politics, Trump, you know, uh, everything else, right. the football, uh, before we can even start the process of going within and dealing with what's going on really within us. Right. And so, uh, you know, from talking to sisters like yourself and even being amongst some of those healing processes with the women, I mean, you all come through the door crying, you know, throwing it out, hey, I want to get this stuff off of me, this is yeah. what happened, ah, you know, that kind of thing, and right. you're all doing group hugs. And so what I remember is a, is a men's healing uh, uh, circle many years ago and we started at 7 p.m. and it was about 25 brothers in the room and so uh, you know as we went around and I, and I was the moderator I really wanted the brothers to come forward and begin sharing uh, one thing that they're really dealing with um, and everybody spoke third person you know what I mean it was mm. about everything else in the universe and the world and I was really frustrated and my dad was there that particular evening and so I just went in you know what I mean I kind of got emotional when I said listen you know I love my dad he's a Vietnam veteran but I got to go in here because every man in here is holding back and they're dealing with something but th that they're not coming forward with right. and I know it's eating at you you know right. I know it's eating at you right. so I talked about my dad being a, a Vietnam veteran his PTSD and his traumas and how it's affected me my family mm. my mother my brother my sister particularly the women in his life okay and so 
uh, after I went all in, you know, brothers start going all in. You okay. know what I mean? And what I thought would be a real quick, you know, process because nobody wanted to open up. It was coming up on 12 midnight and still most of the brothers were still there. Right. So, you know, we do have the capacity and the ability to go in and be that internal warrior from a healing perspective. But what we have to do is we have to change the narrative on what manhood is. It's okay. not just being a tough guy all the time. It's not just being a financial provider. It's actually being the healer, being able mm-hmm. to say, you know what, I am going to do my healing work and whatever that I've experienced in life is not my identity. You know, right. it's my temporary learning process on my evolutionary curve in this incarnation, but it doesn't define me as a man. And so I can show up and I can talk about, you know, whatever I've been through um, from a place of learning, from a place of, you know, I want to heal from this. And when I heal from this, I can be a greater proponent for healing for all men and women on the planet. And so when we change that, when we support men coming forward, when we encourage men coming forward, uh, we're going to see a major shift in our families, in our communities. Because women, you all naturally do this healing work a, a lot more than we do. Uh, but too many men, as Cole said, uh, we we refuse to do this kind of work. You know, healing work, the inner work doesn't sound appealing. Right. You know, and so we have to change that narrative. So you use the word evolutionary. Mm-hmm. So did you just pop into the world as Manifest Ra and you already knew about the seven archetypes? Because, like, h- how did you know all this? Well, I've done a lot of healing myself. Okay. Uh, I remember um, uh, sharing this with some folks uh, not too long ago about when I was in my mom's womb, uh, my dad was in Vietnam. Okay. So um, I had, she developed some abandonment complexes thinking that he wasn't going to return, that he would get killed in Vietnam. Mm. And so as I was in the womb, I absorbed a lot of this emotional uh, energy, uh, Hmm. if you will. And so uh, when one is in the womb and they're experiencing a a level of abandonment for whatever reason, their root chakra and their sacred chakra is off. The root chakra deals, and and for those that are listening for the first time, they don't know what the term chakra means. It means energy centers. Okay. Uh, It's a lot of wisdom traditions, primarily from the East, uh, really uh, articulate that. And so uh, our root is like when you think of a tree, mm-hmm. the tree is only as strong as its roots. Yes. And so it can extend and expand out based off the strength of the roots. And so my root chakra, my sense of security uh, has been off to a certain extent in okay. my lifetime. And so it took me a long time to figure that out. So when I would approach my relationships from a place of being a clinger, you know what I mean? Okay. Like, hey, I can't leave. I got to stay in this no matter what. I got to, you know, make this work. Okay. Um, I don't want to be left. Uh, if you will. And so uh, having gone through that process of, of remembering that, working through that, um, I see how that expresses itself in so many uh, uh, people. And so when we talk about um, um, people who experience uh, abuse, sexual abuse, it disrupts the root chakra and the sacral chakra. So okay. when you talk about prostate cancer, mm-hmm. which deals with the, the sacral and the root, if you yep. will, the sexual centers, yep. the grounding, the security, yep. uh, there's no coincidence that it's an incident, uh, so much prostate cancer wow. with men um, because they, they've never really healed, purified, and transformed those energy centers that were disrupted. And so, um, you know, through my my own process of working through my fears, which I'm still working through, um, about how I've showed up in the world, uh, in my relationships, um, I'm able to be more transparent with men uh, and women on how we all need to heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just had this whole aha moment because I deal with women at the Goddess Awakening and Healing Sanctuary, and it's a lot about wombs trauma. Right. A lot of times. And um, our mutual friend Tama um, from the womb sauna was my womb practitioner because I, too, experienced some things that created this uh, by, you know, like my womb wasn't healthy. Let's say that. And so I hadn't even connected the prostate part with trauma in men to the fibroids and PCOS and all these different things that women have. So it's a connection. And then my dad actually died of prostate cancer. Hmm. So now I'm just starting to think, you know, who knows what he was pushing down. He was always a happy-go-lucky, you know, Leo showing up and showing out. But I don't know about whatever traumas that he was covering so that he could show up and show out and maybe be 
covering these things up. You know what I'm saying? So I'm having like a an aha moment there. The other thing is you talked about being in the mom's womb. Uh, the, the newest science is when you're in your mom's womb, that um, pretty much predicts everything for your life. It's called epigenetics and signals turn on and off depending on your mom's state of mind when you were in her body. So if she was happy, if she was so peaceful, if she was eating great foods, if she was smoking, if she was drinking, if she was stressed out, just depending on that even decides whether or not you should be doing kales and green green drinks. You know what I'm saying? Like the food that you eat really depends on what was going on with your mom's state of mind when you were in her womb because if you think of scandal and i always use this um this as an example remember in the beginning of scandal if you watched it somebody was always taking a picture and it always sounded like the camera it's an imprint that she has so if she's afraid your dad is not um going to come back to her from vietnam there's an imprint there it goes to the baby and now you have that. It's the same thing if she was eating a banana, driving down the street, got into a car accident, the imprint of that banana, if she keeps thinking about it, it's going to remind her of that car accident and there's the imprint. So maybe when you start to eat bananas, you feel something, you get sick, you get the itchy throat. It doesn't have to be anything really, really harsh, but your body has taken an imprint of it and then it'll try to protect itself. That is so... Yeah, well said. Uh, imprints. And so uh, upwards of 90% of our thought process is the subconscious mind. It's not the conscious mind. For okay. those who are listening, subconscious mind is everything we've experienced in our lifetime. Okay. Our past, our childhood issues, formative years, our relationships, our approaches to health, wellness, all those things. Uh, so um, triggers. You know, anything can trigger uh, certain um, recesses of the subconscious mind, you know, um, some of those traumas and dramas and, and, and those issues. It can be a color, it can be um, a scent, a smell, smell. Right. it can be a way of touch, it mm -hmm. can be uh, something visual, um, you know, through our senses. And so um, through my training with mindful meditation, um, we have to become the observer. Uh, we have to understand that we're not our thoughts and we're right. not our emotions. And so right. when we talk about the lower energy centers, the faculties like the root and the sacred chakra, they deal with our sense of security, deal with our our instinct, yeah. our, more, our, our, our emotional uh, energies. And so uh, if we stay primarily living in our instinctual and our physical and our emotional energies, we'll always be... Uh, affected by those triggers. Mm -hmm. We'll always be triggered by something in our past. And so uh, one of the most important ways of transcending or dealing with, uh, from a healthy standpoint, um, traumas is to practice mindful meditation. Okay. Um, where very quickly uh, a, a, a proponent of that or a practitioner of that can begin to see that, okay, I am not, I'm not my thoughts. I'm having these thoughts mm -hmm. of what happened to me or what I experienced, but I can be the observer. I can acknowledge it. I can watch it come and I can watch it go and I can bring my awareness back to the moment, right. my place of center, my true divinity. Okay. And so uh, when we do that, then those uh, those issues, those past issues and, and traumas have less of a hold on us mm -hmm. because we're not living from our instinct and our emotions. So I'm looking at, um, so for those who are on the radio, we're doing this Facebook Live and I'm looking at some of the comments and Cole mentioned toxic masculinity. So let's go back a little bit to what you were talking about, I guess the chakras, but for if they're blocked, stagnant or whatever in males specifically, they might start to show up being more aggressive, that warrior, I guess, archetype. And so let's talk about um, why, I think you hit it a little bit, but let's talk about and flesh out more about why males are kind of like shy to start the healing process because they show up in many cases very toxic, specifically as we experience them, women, as we experience them. So what do you think, um, why do you think that is? Does it have any, what do you think it has to do with besides like the traumas and things like that? Is there anything else that stops them from look, do you think that they just look weak or what do you think would stop a male from 
wanting to heal himself and then heal his family? Well, one of the first areas of, of importance or, or, or being is our, our um, security. Yeah. Men and women, we all, self-preservation is the first line of, of the yeah. hierarchy of, of needs, if you will. And so when the root chakra is disrupted, uh, which deals with our security, we e- it's either too activated or underactivated, it's closed. And so mm. too activated where we become sexual about everything. Um, that's just the way we perceive the world, right. you know what I mean? Because that has been the imprint on how we came into the world or from that experience, that traumatic experience. Right. So everything becomes sexual. I remember uh, reading about um, LL Cool J uh, in, in his rap uh, career, and uh, I was always asking myself, why is every song, I mean, we like, his, we like this music, but why was every song at, at a phase about sexuality, sexually right. suggestive? And I remember coming across an autobiography where he said when he was very young, he was a young boy, his uncle made him watch pornography. Oh. And so that affected how he approached everything. Right. And so um, when we talk about an overactive um, 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 root chakra, um, you know, that clouds our up, our, our cerebral, our, our higher states of awareness. We, again, we look at everything from that place of security or sexuality. Right. So, you know, when we talk about men, they might be five men at a table. You know, they're naturally going to gravitate towards that security and that overactive root chakra. That's going to be the conversation. Right. Um, or it's going to be closed. So um, it's about, you know, really... Uh, men understanding that, you know, that is not okay. You right. know what I mean? That is not manhood. So like the rite of passage, we, mm. you were talking about a rite of passage that you have created or are going to create. Mm. And I see a lot of people asking about rites of passage on here. I think the rite of passage in the U.S. for the male is the take them to the strip club, give them uh, something to drink. Oh, you 21 now or whatever. Even if they don't even make it to 21, it might be 15, 16. You're with your dad in the car. He's trying to feel cool around you. He takes you around his boys and y'all are drinking and he's allowing you to. And man, you got to get that girl or, you know, encouraging the son to look at women or whatever. So I think that's kind of like the messed up rite of passage that we have now, just from what I have seen. So I think definitely shifting that into a rite of passage. So for those who don't know, I actually did a show with uh, Marcia uh, about rites of passage. What is a rite of passage for those who don't know? Well, rites of passage is, I mean, it's been around, you know, as long as people have been on the planet, if you will. It's a a process over extended period of time with men or women. Um, uh, go through certain levels of, of womanhood, a manhood, coming into a woman mm-hmm. uh, or a man. And so when we think about indigenous traditions, whether it's Africa, Native American, Eastern um, traditions, um, the young boys were taken out of the village, if you will, and they were taught how to go into states of meditation, mm-hmm. be the visionary, how mm-hmm. to hunt. Um, be the hunter, be the warrior, mm-hmm. go through the warrior dance, build up the energy from the root chakra, open up their emotional energy and so forth and so on. And so we talk about rites of passage. We're talking about a process where a person, a human being will go from A to Z um, relative to becoming a man or a woman from a place of boyhood. Now, we're all in fraternities and sororities here, mm-hmm, you know, on the mm-hmm. cap as well. Mm-hmm. So, um that is a you know a generic uh, approach to rites of passage okay. programs, and so it's how to bec- you know come into um, a better man or a woman relative to a fraternity and sorority, and so um, those are very important. That's kind of been lost yeah. in today's society, in today's world, uh, and so men are not learning how to embrace the healer side. You know that was a natural part I of rites of passage programs. I don't think that programs. anybody that I've ever spoken to, except for you. Mm-hmm has ever talked about a male healing perspective. Cole, have you ever heard about any of these things that that manifest has talking about is is talking about at any in any depth? Not at all. Um, right. <laughs> but I I also understand as being a man who just last year I realized I have toxic masculinity. Um that that is not a culture that that is cultivated for us to even be um, intimate, vulnerable, or even in a position to share 
things that we need in our lives to know that we need healing. Yeah. You know, it it goes it goes back to the fact of not even knowing that I was that that I was a victim of rape and child molestation. Just the the detachment I think is the issue that makes everything um very difficult to even connect to some level of healing. Yeah. Interesting. So Let's talk about, I think we have about 25 minutes or so left. Let's talk about, you talked about mindful meditation. Let's talk about some other ways that the brothers can start the healing and some experiences that you have had doing this work for so many years. Um, you, you did give us the story about first nobody was talking and then everybody was talking. But let's just talk more about that and your experience and... Um, some of the results that you have seen from people that you started working with years ago to now, do you see it show up? You know, do, do they sustain it? Absolutely. Well, healing is a, um, is a journey. journey. It, right. It's not uh, a one day moment. It's not a one day experience. And so what we have to encourage um, men in particular uh, is to fully embrace the healing journey. And that will make them a much better warrior and a much better man. Mm -hmm. So uh, some of the experiences I have observed is that um, men come into the circles, the healing circles, um, very, um, uh, how can I say it, um, reluctant mm -hmm. to share, very reluctant to go deep about what's really eating at them. Mm -hmm. um, once they uh, start, once they engage that process, um, they experience shifts. You know, they... Uh, want to not only heal themselves, but they want to other. They want to help other men heal. Mm -hmm. um, they see how healing um, transfers over into how they become better relationship partners, mm -hmm. um, better fathers, uh, and so forth and so on. And so, one of my mentors, uh, Baba Kakai Patterson, um, he really uh, uh, made a strong impression on me um, because once when he comes into the circles. He goes right in in terms of what he experienced as an early boy and okay. his sexual traumas and things of that nature. So if he's listening out there, I know he doesn't mind. Uh, and so I've been around uh, uh, men who have that warrior, you know, that's totally connected to the healer, and, and they go right in. And so uh, from that, uh, again, men show up much differently in the world. They want to um, make uh, a difference in their communities and help other men and women heal. And so that's what we need because um, strong emotionally uh, and, and, and how can I say it, mentally men um, are protectors in our community. Mm -hmm. They refuse to allow, you know, if we want to use that, you know, scenario, R. Kelly to come in and do what we do, do what he did. Right. You know, so when there's an absence of, of, of comprehensive, you know, in terms of health and wellness, you know, uh, men from a more holistic standpoint, um, then there's a void in our community. You know, we, right. we don't have those protectors. But, right. you know, imagine um, um, sage men. And, and I know my brother uh, Cole has an organization, Divas in Defense. But imagine men showing up in our schools, showing up in our community centers, um, in our spiritual centers, um, um, demanding accountability from other men right. and speaking from a place of strength on what is divine manhood. It is right. the healer. It is the protector. It is the warrior. And that we would not allow what we've seen in our communities and that every man in here should go through a process of healing and transformation and releasing his own uh, traumas and demons and so forth and so on. That kind of experience is what's needed in our communities to change the world. So Cole, you're divas in defense. And so in your bio, you wrote that you were unable to protect someone that you loved and, and they weren't able to protect themselves either. Tell us how you uh, started divas in defense and exactly what it does. Okay. Well, um, it really was my mom. So I, I, I saw my mom in, in uh, a, a few domestic violence situations ah. and being a very, very young boy, you know, I wasn't able to defend her by any means necessary. Yeah. Yes, I attempted to jump on the back thing, but in all honesty, that got me thrown across the room also. Um, the men were not my father, yeah. so there was some element of detachment, but the, the pain and the suffering that I saw my mom endure um, really made me throughout my life become a, a 
pretty much advocate for anti-violence against women. Okay. Even at Virginia State, I was a wild dude. I mean, I'm a cute. Even mm-hmm. though, you know, Manifest said he's a cap, I won't hold that against him. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but you know, even with that, it was situations there that ju- that were just uncomfortable to me that I voiced my opinion. Heck yeah, I've seen know? it myself on that campus, <laughs> yes. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. So, you know, um, Divas in the Fence really came around a time where I had to look back at my daughters, like, what can I do to change the numbers? What can I do to prevent my daughter from being one of the one in four, one in threes, one in sixes um, of the world? And and what's funny is not funny, but what how divine uh, divine intervention plays a part. That toxic masculinity moment that I received last April at a at a conference, I said, you know what, 2019 is going to be my year to reach out to middle school boys because that those adolescent years with hormones raging, there is so much there that we can uh, apply to them mm-hmm. to put them on a path to reclaim our community. Right. And, and in sharing my uh, testimony and all these guys I have coming out, there are other components that need to be addressed. And my first ones were toxic masculinity, what you you know enthusiastic consent not just consent from a woman but enthusiastic consent Mm. as well as uh different forms of abuse physical financial emotional psychological um and and this now talking about the trauma that so many young boys and men have endured that has cultivated this sex prone mindset um, we have to figure out a way to attack them. So, Manifest, I'm be reaching out to you uh, to figure out what we could do, at least between D.C. and Atlanta. Well, I'm looking forward to it, Cole. It's time for men to step up and be healers, uh, be warriors in our communities, within ourselves first, and uh, and change this narrative. And uh, women are waiting. Other men are waiting. The, men, the world is waiting. So let's do it. Yeah, and, you know, That's I'm it. thinking about the breaking of cycles. So part of why I created the Goddess Awakening Healing Sanctuary is to start breaking cycles and to help people break cycles. So just because somebody did something in your family for decades and that's just what y'all do, you don't have to just do it just because that's what they do. And so I'm thinking about the cycle of how we may have gotten to this. And these are not statistics. This is just me using my brain and thinking of connecting the dots. So we're thinking about uh, young girls being abused, right? And then they grow up and then they're your babysitters and then they are your neighbors. And then they're also your sisters and your big cousins. And so it seems to me that in many of those instances, it was just a cycle and it doesn't excuse them at all. I'm just saying that they probably are only doing what they know and what was done to them and and also a way to um trying to like sift through their anger and their shame they're going to do it on somebody else so it's sort of like the hurt people hurt people thing so i'm thinking about that is a way that a cycle can be broken if we talk about this because it doesn't make sense for just the women to get all the shine and i'm all down for the sisters but i totally understand the balancing or I'm beginning to understand the balancing of the divine feminine and in the masculine side of us and using the energies of both when it's needed. And they're not needed at all times for every situation. You use one for one and one for other. And sometimes you might be able to use them together, but just being aware of it. So that's just one of the things that I was thinking about. It's just a cycle. And a lot of people were for some crazy reason, giving uh, your boy a pass on TV because they said it happened to him too. So yeah, it did. And whoever did it, they wrong for doing it. But he's making conscious decisions now to um, treat these women a certain way, conscious decisions. And he's getting a lot of people to support him, like police and people in his camp. So at some point, the... um that it happened to him when he was little, it don't fly at some point. So, you know, the other thing is accountability for ourselves. So, you know, I know a lot of times people have been traumatized and that's their story and they don't tell any other story. And then that becomes their badge of honor because when they show up, they're going to talk about that's their story. 
And, um, you know, I've seen people do it and I may have been guilty of it in the past myself, but I learned to stop telling the same stories because one, it reopens the wounds. It, um, starts to focus back on the trauma. But what I'm learning to do is focus on what's next. Like, what what am I trying to do next? That happened. I'm still here. I'm a survivor. I don't necessarily have to dig into those things on why they happen, because a lot of times I don't have the answers on why they happen. I take accountability for myself, but I take accountability for my own healing and my own self-preservation. So what do you think about that, Cole, or Manifest? What do you guys think about just some accountability? Absolutely. Uh, you know, using the story over and over and over again, but not embracing the healing. I mean, that's like, you know, um, where's that going? You know right. what I mean? Uh, so um, it's one thing to tell your story. It's one thing to say, you know, what you've experienced. Um, but if you're not doing anything to truly um, uh, heal and transform, mm-hmm. um, then it's it's falling on deaf ears. You know what I mean? In some way, shape, or form, that particular person is self-medicating. Mm-hmm. Um, they're um, abusing themselves, or they're still abusing other people, uh, if you will. So it has to come down to the healing, and that's where the accountability is. You know, so we want to encourage um, men and women, wherever you are, if you've experienced. Um, any form of trauma, um, particularly through sexual abuse, uh, is to hold yourself accountable and do whatever's necessary to get the healing. Right. Um, whether that's going through a psychotherapist, a professional counselor, coming to women's or men's healing circles, um, you cannot be still and just you know continue to exist. Because again, from my observation, you know two things happen. Um, we either hurt ourselves through self-medicating and, mm-hmm. and, and, and abusing ourselves or we're going to hurt someone else. Right. And so that's where that cycle continues. And so it has to come down to, yeah, you experienced that. That's not your identity. That's part of your learning curve, your evolutionary process on this planet. Now, what are you going to do to heal from that and then be a proponent, be a proponent for the healing of others? That's where the empowerment comes in. Just imagine if we had major shifts between men and women who said, okay, I'm no longer going to hide from this and I'm going to come forward and I'm going to do whatever's necessary to embrace my healing because I deserve to be liberated from that experience. Right. I deserve to be a whole comprehensive divine being living from my highest possibilities and I'm going to help others do the same afterwards. That's what we need to encourage. Well, you know, I think that the fact that we deserve to be healthy we deserve to be vital we deserve good food good water we deserve love we deserve pleasure we deserve all these things and i think because we've been hustling and grinding and we've been so worn out from just trying to survive living here in the u.s and i mean it happens to people all over the world um but i think that we almost feel like it has to be a big old struggle just to be peaceful and just to be vital and just to be healthy. And it doesn't have to be that way. Now, I definitely agree that um, you gotta take accountability, not for what happened to you, but how you respond to it, right? So, you know, it shouldn't have happened. And I think earlier when Cole was talking to me about, you know, he felt like he may not have been as, as um, it didn't affect him maybe in a way that he thought gained all of this attention but you don't like that's what i want to really get across you don't have to, it doesn't have to be hard it can be very easy it's our birthright to to be healthy and vital and to be peaceful so you know i know that the work is hard i do the work every day on myself it shit ain't easy it's not <laughs> And um, it ain't fun. And, you know, you have your highs and your lows in it. And sometimes you got to go back and revisit um, why, you know, but it's worth it because the ripple effect that it brings can heal all of us. Go ahead, Cole. Right. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let me just interject one thing. Uh, Kimberly uh, Baker Sims, who's on the feed on Facebook as well. She made a, uh, a, a statement that has impacted me because this is what I get from 85 to 90% of men who have shared their story with me. 
we didn't we did not look at that as rape or molestation. We looked at it as the day we lost our virginity. Ah. So the the, the key is you have just not lost your virginity. You have lost a component of your childhood. Mm. You have lost a component of your innocence. And it's really hard to decipher that difference when you're in the world who objectifies women and, and sells sex to you um, daily. You know, mm-hmm. you, you can turn on a commercial about foot powder and it might be a woman in a bikini, you know? So yeah. when, you, when you have this mentality, you have these things, and you look at that trauma just like I did. You look at that trauma as not trauma, but the day I lost my virginity. It's hard to know that you need healing when you don't even look at yourself as traumatized. Wow. So how do we connect with those people manifest who, who, who don't really look at themselves as victims, survivors of rape, molestation, and, and bear this trauma that definitely impacts our relationships? It impacts our inability sometimes to be faithful. It impacts our inability sometimes to be in a relationship. It, it impacts our inability sometimes just to be uh, fully comfortable and fully loving of ourselves. I do want to just say one thing about that call that you're talking about. Sometimes, okay. because sex is a natural thing, you have natural responses to it. So a lot of times it just felt good. And so that's where right. also the guilt comes in. So you don't necessarily take it as I got raped. You take it as ah oh, snap. I reacted this way. So now I'm partway guilty for it. So just wanted to put that out there. That ain't right either. Your body just right. reacted naturally to whatever. So now you can go ahead and answer the question. <laughs> Great point, Wendy, and and thanks for asking the question, Cole. I think as men, particularly, we need to move beyond just the sports and barbershop talk. You know, when men come together, um, generally speaking, too often it's about, you know, other women, the conversation, uh, Mm -hmm. or women rather. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's about sports. Um, You know, we don't go deep. You know what I mean? We don't really speak from I'm my brother's keeper. You know, what's what's going on with you, brother? You know what I mean? Talk to me, man. You know what I mean? I got love for you. I know we, we're all men here. We're going through an evolution, evolutionary process. You know, let's have a heart-to-heart talk. We got 10 brothers here, and let's talk about some of the things we've experiencing and that, that are really holding us back from living from our highest possibilities. We need to change that narrative, brothers like you and I, Cole, where we demand that, you know, uh, healing circles for men, you know what I mean? Man talk, where we come together and we're like, hey, okay, let's take sports off the table. We can talk about that anytime. Right. I mean, let's, you know, take women off the table unless it's dealing with our specific issues and what mm-hmm. we're going through. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about what we're experiencing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's simply a matter of, of men standing up, um, like Cole and I saying this is manhood going forward. You know what I mean? We need to talk about what our experiences are, what's holding us back. Mm-hmm. Because when we actually deal with that, then we can be a much more, um, how can I say it, fully, um, you know, how can I say it, we can show up better in the world as real men. Yeah. So we need to change the narrative on what, on why we, why we talk as men. Yeah, yeah. and you know, I was just right. thinking you were talking about men to men, right? Mm-hmm. And because the women are doing these circles, you know, we've been doing it. We're very communal anyway. You always see the women um, in any culture for centuries gathering together, whether it's during their moon cycle in the red tent or whether it's just in the kitchen. You know, they're always together talking and they talk freely. But I think because we're nurturers and things, we want to take care of that brother, whoever he is who is experiencing some kind of pain. And then we go into like the nurse mode. We go into like the mama mode. We go into the, um, I can just do this and he gonna be okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and that's kind of where the, the, the balance gets off is because we find ourselves trying to take care of him and he doesn't need a mom. He needs a partner, but he needs to be able to do his own work. So it's super important for women, for us to take the step back. All we need to be doing is looking in the mirror, fixing our stuff and let the brothers come in and people like manifest and, um, you know, support the brothers because they know 
you know, we ain't them, so we don't we don't know. You know, I'm I'm glad what? you brought that up, and I want to hear Cole just a moment here. One of the things, my dad's a okay. former probation officer of about 25 years, and I know when we were going to the Sage Men Healing Retreat recently, um, I asked him, I said, Dad, you know, why is it from your perspective, you're a lot older than I am, that, you know, uh, some women today seem to, um, how can I say it, uh, want to um, lead our healing processes, right. uh, if you will. So, um, I'm, and first and foremost, I want to uh, commend those women who are stepping up to help men see that they need to heal first and foremost, that they need to engage the healing processes. So by no means do I want to disparage or dismiss that important work that women are doing. Mm -mm. However, at some point in time, sooner rather than later, men need to lead their own healing processes. Uh, Because when you look at the past few generations, they've been primarily led by female single-parent households. Mm -hmm. So you have men who all they've known is being led by and getting permission from their mothers, their grandmothers. And Mm -hmm. then I also taught uh, PE uh, at at the uh, elementary school level where that's primarily women as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, you have a lot of, and through my own organizing uh, these healing retreats and workshops, oftentimes the majority of the men that show up say they came because their lady told it yeah. told them they need to show up right <laughs> so it's like you know when are men coming on their own accord for their own empowerment and their own healing so that's something that's been frustrating for me and i'm determined to help change that narrative so um you know as you just said i think it's very important that women you know engage and encourage men mm-hmm. to to go through their healing process mm-hmm. but you all step back knowing that there's brothers um, like um, myself, like Cole, uh, and like other men who are standing up to do the work knowing that, hey, you know, there are men on the scene today who are leading yeah. healing and transformational work for men, and we can support them um, without trying to be their mothers, their right. grandmothers. Like, you know, I need, right. to be, they, I need to be firmly involved in this process. Right. No, you need to support our process. You need to encourage right. us, but allow men to be men and to do their own work. So we think we have about four minutes left and we have three minutes left. Okay. And so I want Cole to jump in. But one thing that I do want to say from a woman perspective is that when you see a man who wants to do his own healing, you like, yeah, that's sexy. You know, you can do be doing these other things. You can be in the gym. You can be doing whatever. But if the brother is trying to heal himself, I love it. Okay, go ahead, Cole. We're going to give you um, another two minutes. I can can make it really quick. Okay. Um, So, so even I am in the process of learning from all of this. Okay, as I told you guys last April, I realized I had toxic masculinity. So the transparency and the vulnerability of saying, "Hey, my man, guess what? You know how you feel it." Well, I'm sad. For me to receive that and, and, and not look at it like, okay, well, let me get you a drink so you can stop talking to me. That part is still um, a, a part of the process that I am going through for my personal healing and my ability to be able to accept that. Right. So when you have, when you have a cultivated society of toxic masculinity, to say I'm sad, to say that I, I, I'm depressed, to say any of these aspects that do involve some level of of nurturing care or concern for your brother, for your friend or whatever like that, that is something that has to be trained also. This is nothing that we were trained in the hood. I'm from LA, you know, we weren't trained to know if your friend's sad, give him a hug. Right. So, you know, with that being said, you know, there has to be some type of, uh, of dialogue for that process to know that, hate to admit it, that that's okay to do. Yes. So where can people find Divas in Defense? We have two minutes, so I want you to be able to give your no contacts <laughs> and manifest as well. Okay, well, believe it or not, you can find us at everything everythingdivasindefense.com. That's Easy, D-I-V-A-S-I-N-D-E-F-E-N-S-E. So everything, sorry, Divas in Defense. Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, Facebook, you name it, we're on it. Okay. Um, we have trainers in different states throughout the U.S., also in Bermuda. So if you're looking for a self-defense class for girls or women, if we're not in your area already, we can come to you. Okay, so please also type that in the chat, too, because since you're here, and don't do hang it. up. Don't hang up when we hang up. And then manifest, where can we find you? Sure. TheSageMen.com, the 
sagemen.com. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram as well. Um, we're developing, um, uh, again, a, a rights program. Uh, we've had many uh, women and men in respective cities like New York, Atlanta, uh, Philly, um, Texas, um, um, demanding that the Sage Men start chapters there. Um, mm-hmm. We're very excited about that. Um, we're in the process of developing that as we speak. So uh, wherever you are, wherever you are in the world, we even had some people in South Africa say, hey, bring it over there, that right. kind of thing. So we're excited. Um, thesagemen.com, and we're also on Instagram as well. So uh, we're on Facebook. So uh, please reach out, uh, help this movement uh, for the Sage Men and Divas in Defense. Um, it's men stepping up to uh, take control of their own healing uh, and transformation process of being the best men possible, the best fathers, mates, uh, sons in our families, in our communities. And uh, as I was just reading one of the comments on Facebook Live, uh, one of the women said, uh, it's sexy to see that. You know what I mean? So I want to acknowledge Kimberly <laughs> Baker Sims for saying that. You know, you know, it's so sexy and so attractive to see men stepping up and taking accountability and doing the work. Okay, well, I just wanted to say thank you for doing the work and thank you for, you know, being in the gap for the brothers. And Cole, thank you for coming out and sharing your story. And I'm sure you two will connect to, to uh, further, further the work and to help the healing um, nationally. So thank you. And then thank you for uh, tuning into the sanctuary. And we will see you next time. Peace. Thank you for listening to The Sanctuary. Please follow us at Awaken and Heal on Instagram and on the web at goddess-awaken.com to follow the revolution.